genre. Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Return of the King, two beautiful, uh, two two beautiful shots at a time, because two of my favorite still frames in the whole trilogy are in this minute. So, I'm ready. Uh, I'm Norman Mitchell. <laughs> I had to gush about that just a little right at, right at the front, just so everybody knew. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. <laughs> And I've been awake since 5 a.m. So So today we're talking about minute 44, which starts with Gandalf and Pippin continuing to ride through the streets of Gondor. Yes. And ends with Gandalf telling Pippin just outside the doors of the the Great Hall of Gondor. uh, Denethor is Boromir's. Now listen carefully. (laughs) Now listen carefully. Denethor is not a king. He is steward only. Well, I mean... Caretaker. Caretaker of the throne. Um, does Gandalf have a permit for this? Absolutely. He's the Ron Swanson of Middle-earth. He doesn't have a permit for anything. Oh, <laughs> uh, we didn't mention it last time, but there are guards chasing him the entire way through the city. Yes. And it is the best. With their little pointy swan helmets. They aren't doing a very good job. How are they going to catch him? I mean, they're not going to get in his way. He's a wizard. He's dangerous. I like to think this is exactly how he showed up to go to the library last time. There isn't, but he didn't have Shadowfax last time. No, but I think he just rode a different horse. Oh. You you don't think they have a way of communicating what they're seeing from the bottom all the way to the guards at the top? Because by the time he got to the top, they should have been like, oh, that guy. You again. Yeah, but he's clearly on a mission. Big way. They're they're afraid he's just gonna like blast a gate down if they yeah, close one yeah. in front of him. They're just just he's uh, gonna run over some peasants. Just make sure he doesn't run anybody over. We'll just follow him, keep an eye on him. If he Denethor tells us to get in his way, we will. The guards at the very top, where the helicopter landing pad is. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, why is there a helicopter? It's landing just it's pad? just a quad it's just a quadrangle. It's just the it's just it's just the it's Gondor campus, squad. It's a quad. It's like it's got a fountain X, in the middle. X marks the spot. Like for real, they didn't expect. That's the... actually so. That's one of my favorite still frames in the in the whole three movies. Is that shot with where the you, helicopter landing with, pad? where you can see the the landing pad and <laughs> and the roads and Pelennor fields below them and the big spike of stone. Yeah, it's really pretty. Uh, the other one is the exact opposite of the door of the palace. With the where volcano? You, where you see the volcano in the background yeah. and the white tree and just the mountain range. And it's it's real pretty. It's, I don't know. The hubris of the person who designed this city. It's like, I'm going to build a city out of this entire mountain. And then at the very top, I'm just going to gonna do an X. Well, they wanted a lawn. It's status. But they, want, they, didn't, they wanted they paths for it. Feet. But they want to paths through it so that nobody would walk on the grass. I just think like X because that's the only the reason you build those. That's like an invitation for something to happen. Yeah, and right in the middle, there's a fountain with this dead ass tree. 
The tree's not in the middle. Oh, yeah, maybe it is. It sure is. It's right there in the middle. So there's a fountain. There's four benches. It's not even a functional helicopter landing pad. Well, you can't really see the tree from that. You can barely see it. It's like it's yeah. a it's a shadow on the edge of the the little center fountain. Yeah. And that's a that is a big lawn. Yeah, it is. It's huge. Also, the uh, the palace of Gondor. As much as we talked about all the kind of religious imagery around it Thandon, looks like a cathedral. it looks like Notre Dame is just like sitting up here. Yeah, it's only got the one um, tower. Yeah. But. There's just this it big. Very much looks like a cathedral. Yeah. Big, big Catholic church just sitting up on what top of the mountain. What is the point of this leveled off like bit? The, the, the diving board of doom. That, um, so that there is a clear view Jennifer. from the front, from the, the top that you can see. Oh. Because if that was actually just still a spike, you wouldn't be able to see anything from up here. Well, no, you I would mean, have had to build stairs up to the top. Why didn't they just like shear off? Why didn't they just shear it off? Like, why didn't they just build more stuff into it? Because it looks awesome. Also, Gandalf is coming out of stairs that go down into it. Yeah. So presumably there is stuff, stuff inside. Built inside. Okay, that's cool. Is there like a market there? Well, no, know. not that close to the palace. No, but there's probably stations for, like, guards and I arrows. I want to know... Oh, that's true. Oh, yeah. Like, murder holes, looking murder down at the hole. other stuff. I mean, that's what people call them. I want to know, like, the um, the socioeconomic um, layout of... of The rings? Of the rings of ministerial. I'm sure it's just further down you go, the poorer they are. Right, no, I mean, that's kind of obvious, but, like... Somewhere in the middle couple rings is the big market, probably. What's the... Yeah, dude, stuff like this is fascinating to me. Especially because, like, I've been getting deeper and deeper into the D&D slash Pathfinder rabbit hole. Like, when I have to design a city, like, it's... I I just, like, think about things like that. Like, where would the market be? Where would the religious district be? Where would the the nobles live? Where, where, Where do the farmers live? Like... Yeah, I draw know. maps like that. Yeah. I, the I last, love that stuff. The last Pathfinder game I ran was, like, mostly in one city. Right. So it was pretty sprawling. I had to, like, plan out where stuff was. Yeah. And how they how they fed themselves. So, like, you designed the farmland outside and all right. kinds of stuff. Right, It's all, it's all part of the deal. Yeah. There's a lot going into There's this. There's no, like, okay, Pelennor Fields exists, but, like, where do they get all their food? I, uh, no one thought about that when they were designing this. There's no farmland. Nope, it's all grass. It's all just brown, dry grass. And it's not like, because they're in the mountain. Like, I mean, there are roads. Mountain... So one would presume that in both directions from here, there is some farmland. But you want your farmland to be as close to your citadel as possible. Well, yeah, so, so the farmers can... can retreat and be right, protected. Right, exactly. So you can protect your assets. Yeah, exactly. So, like, the, As some a of this feudal lord, some of this planning doesn't make sense. Yeah, but it's pretty. It is pretty. It looks nice. Yeah, I know. Denethor I know... just didn't want any peasants on his big lawn. I know that. Um. Oh uh, yeah, I like the um the symmetry of the two X's. Now that I mentioned yeah. it, now that I'm looking at it, I think this is a beautiful still frame where you have it paused. Yeah. I think this is a great shot. I think this shot. is going to be the um, screen cap that I use for the episode. Mm. Um, because we're talking about it. Yeah. There are some notes about the the architecture of Gondor from the commentary. The architecture here, the reason that that looks like a church is because the architecture of Gondor is inspired by Byzantium. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, I can see that. 
So it's very, you know, because that's an empire that even though it had its own heights is representative of an empire in decline because it was the leftovers of, of the Rome. Roman. Yeah. And then it itself eventually fell. Yeah. So using Byzantine architectural style. Yeah. There are, yeah, now that you mention it, there are a lot of domed um, towers. Yeah. So like that, that is a subtle visual cue to people who are aware of it, that this is an empire in decline. Nice. Oh, that's so good. So like that's, that's a really cool design thing. Yeah. Also, I have a note about the miniature for Minas Tirith. Okay. Okay. You know how I love a good miniature. So there is, there are full size (laughs) sets. Talk miniature to me. (laughs) There are full size sets. Okay. The Gondor sets are some of the biggest ones they built. They have a whole, they had to do a whole bunch of stuff with, with the Gondor sets. Mm -hmm. The... But this miniature. So they built two scale miniatures for Minas Tirith. One of them was a 14th scale miniature. How big was that? uh, They don't say how tall it was in the the commentary. But if we do a little math, we might be able to figure it out. Wow. Uh, Although I'm bad at the kind of math that is necessary for doing so because scale is annoying. So, (laughs) So there's a 14th scale miniature, which they do say is like tall enough that you walk around in it. And the the streets, the buildings on the street are still taller than a person. That's so cool. So. Yeah, 14th scale, that's not very small. And this is an entire. Like the towers are still, like the towers are still as tall and a little taller than a person. Yeah. Like on the 14th scale miniature. The 72nd scale miniature. Yeah. Was six meters tall. This, I imagine. Six (laughs) meters. Eight eight little, almost 20 feet tall. So six, six meters is around 20 feet. Because, right, it's got to be, it's like 19 and a half feet. It's roughly three feet per meter. Oh, uh, so a yard is 36 inches. A meter is about 39 inches. Yeah, roughly three feet. Yeah, but you're, you got plus 18 inches. Oh, okay. Because you have six times three left over at the end. So it's, it's 19 and a half feet tall is the 72nd scale miniature. Oh my God, that 14th scale must have been enormous. (laughs) Yeah. So, and the, the, the crane shots... And the distant shots of Gondor are a mix of those two miniatures, mm. like pieced together to complete some of the galloping shots. So that's pretty that's cool. That's so crazy. So a 72nd scale and a 14th scale. Those are the two miniatures they built in Minas Tirith. Wow. So if the 72nd scale was six meters tall, the 14th scale would have was like four times that tall at least. And it's a miniature. Four times? Uh, so if... If it, it doesn't I'm, work quite like this, but so 15 times four is 60. Yeah. So 15 times, 15 times five is 75. So it'd be like, so a 14th scale miniature, it must be somewhere around actually like five times as tall as a 72nd scale miniature, because that's the, the ratio between 72 and 14. You know, when, um. You Do know, you have that meme going on in your brain right now? Yeah. I was going to say, you know. <laughs> Me too a little bit because I don't. <laughs> I'm. I am terrible at mathematics. You're I can do, I can do simple things because of a, a, a near lifetime of playing Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> simple addition. We got it on lock. Everything like, else. Addition. Screw it. <laughs> adding fractions. I could do that. But some stuff is just like I need to sit down. And, and do it longhand to figure out what the hell it is. I just, I can't do this stuff in my brain very well. 
But if you want me to add like a number less than 20 to any other number, <laughs> I can do that because I just look at my modifier and then oh I roll this God. d20. <laughs> so I've just, I've gotten quick at doing that thing. <laughs> so that's good. But yeah. So the other note about this minute, and it's something uh, they, I also think they probably shouldn't have put as much emphasis on it as they did and just kind of let it be what it is in the movie without delving too far into it. And that's the white tree because they themselves agonize over the fact that they include the white tree, but they have no time and no easy way to incorporate the lore of this tree into this movie. To which I say, why is that necessary? The image of the tree itself, I think, is evocative enough and fantastical enough that it it adds to it without without me feeling the need to explain why it's there. Mm. They kind of got to a place where they felt that way too, but they just always... The, they talk in the director and writer commentary that they, they just kind of feel like because they never had enough time to really establish any of the real meaning of the tree and they're just kind of showing it. Yeah. That to them from like uh, from writing it from writing a perspective, they just felt like it was superfluous in some ways because without being able to impart any of the meaning on it and then using a couple of scenes to focus on it, you're. You're not doing a service to the source source material in that way. I disagree. I think the inclusion of it is doing a service. Mm. Because, like, clearly it's important. It showed up in a dream that was on fire. Right. It showed up. It's, it's, we see it here. Um, and then we see it at the end. And clear. it's clearly, like, blossoming when the king has returned. Yes. At the end. Like, they use it so, as a symbol uh, in, a, a t- mostly, they use it as a symbol kind of separate from its book lore in this movie right and that's okay because i'm i think that's okay too we're not it's an adaptation not a faithful like not a word not a recreation yeah yeah so i don't think that i think i think people would be more upset about the fact that it was missing than it than what they've done with it Mm. yeah because to me like we see the white um, I mean, it's the symbol of Gondor. It's on their shields. Yeah, exactly. We see the white tree before we even see the tree. Like, yeah, is it? What's it on? We de- it's on Boromir's bracers. Yeah, and we can barely see it. We see it in silver on Guy's shields and Osgiliath and two towers. Yeah, we we or see like it. Their banner or something. Yeah, we we see the white oh, tree of Gondor. Isn't it on his um doublet, or is that in this movie? It's on Aragorn's doublet. Not Aragorn. Um, um, Faramir. Uh, yeah, but it doesn't stick out. It's, like, etched in, I think. Yeah, that's fine. But, like, it's there. Like, the symbol is there. Yeah. We see it. Uh, but we see it as, like, a white tree on a on a dark blue field or a... Yeah. So, I think that, like, that's fine. It adds to the... Um... That's some world building. Exactly, yeah. Without having to, like, be explicit about it. Like, this is what they talk about in the commentary. I, I agree a little bit that... It can feel superfluous if you're not going to, like, fully commit to certain details if you're going to bring them in. If you don't have a way to make them work in your story. But well, I think okay. they did. Um, I don't think it feels, like, totally superfluous because they were able to, like, use the symbol to mean something else in the movie. 
Why would if it, it be... was just there, just in the courtyard, and like Pippin hadn't had the dream? Why would it be superfluous though? It's adding to the 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 world. I mean, it doesn't add to the world if it's literally just a tree in a scene. Right, but it's not like I'm. I think I'm struggling to understand why. As it exists now, it's not superfluous. Or it's superfluous because, like, just because they don't have the time to deep dive into the lore, they don't have the time to deep dive into any of the lore. I mean, they got deeper in some places than others. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they dug too greedily and too deep. But, like... It was something that, like, they all sound like they're not entirely happy with it because they couldn't fully contextualize it. That's the tone of the way they talk about it in the commentary. I just think that... I don't know. It, but we don't, there's no contextualizing of Numenor anywhere in these films. So to do so here, to me, would just have felt weird. Yeah. Like if we had, if there was context for Numenor in, say, Fellowship of the Ring, when they talked about Isildur, even if it was just as part of the prologue, See, but even that'd then, be different. Even then, I think that's way too much information. Yeah. Like, we don't need to know that the, the men in Middle-earth came over from Atlantis, pretty much. Yeah. Like, we don't need to know that. I mean, it's cool. Like, I'm glad we do know that. But, like... It's not important to this story. I think these movies... I've, I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again now. I think these movies are so successful because it includes the deep-divey things without getting too um, bogged down in them. So, like, if I just put this movie on, I'm going to be like, oh... The tree, like, it's beautiful. It's sad. It's on fire. Right. Look at it. It's dying. Like, and, like, we know right. that the tree right. is grown from a sapling that came from Numenor, from Numenor that is a cutting of the trees in Valinor. Right. Like, and that's fine because we have that information. So we're able to be like, oh, wow, look at that tree. It is the last and then thing in Middle Earth that contains that the light of one of the Valinor. trees. Yeah. And, but like, to, to like, I don't know, if I, if I show this movie to my mom. Right. She doesn't know all that. Exactly. And she can still like appreciate it. Has your mom read these books? No. My no? mom doesn't read. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. My dad read. I got my reading gene from my dad. No, my mom. I, I did too, honestly. I don't even know that my mom has seen all of these all the way through. Oh. I'm pretty sure... She's seen Fellowship more than once because we always we always would start would be like oh yeah we'll watch Lord of the Rings and then like three well, yeah. and a half hours later. <laughs> I mean, when you think about it, so the way that people engage with media, you've probably seen the first half of any given thing way more than you've seen the second half. Just in general, that includes like books you've picked up to read that you've read more than once, like CDs that you listened to growing up, mm. everything like you. You just engage with the beginning of stories and the beginning of media so much more than you engage with the end across your life. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't... I don't... I like that the tree's there. Yeah. Because it's evocative. It is evocative. As I said, my... Like, probably my favorite still frame is the one after this, like, helicopter shot where it turns back around and shows you the tree as Gan as Gandalf and Pippin are coming into the courtyard. Yeah. And you see the tree and the volcano. And the, the light of the volcano looks like it's being lifted by the branches of the edge of the tree. Mm. Like, it's a, it's a really well-framed special effect that is in the background that some people 
might not notice the first time they watch the movie. Dude, I didn't even realize it was a volcano until, like, forever ago, so, like... And just the way that all the light leaves the sky as it gets closer and closer to where it is yeah. in the in the back, there's... So, like, this is probably not necessarily an active detail, but it is something that I kind of pick up on visually. So, the skyline opposite of Gondor, when you can see it... Is dark. Is dark and white at the edges. Like, it's bright light at the edges. Yeah. And the top of Minas Tirith and the top of the White Tree and the White Tree are white, tinged with black. Mm-hmm. Like, they're photo negatives of each other. Mm-hmm. Gondor and the skyline opposite it. And I don't know if that was necessarily on purpose or if that's just... Oh, I think so. Or if that's just um, a matter of how they aged the miniature. Like, how they made it look older because they knew they were going to use marble. So you, like, black stains show up more. Right. Like, I don't know if that was necessarily a purposeful, conscious, like, we are doing this to illustrate this, like, this point visually kind of thing. More than it was a, like, a purposeful thing on the miniature and then kind of a happy accident with the way they wanted to frame the special effect. You know what I mean? Like, because that's the kind of thing to me that I don't know if someone would uh, have done that consciously in, like, the design phase. You don't think the... The design team, the, I'm going to individually tie a single, like, single leaves on this one tree, attention to detail, design team would have thought about that? It's not that I don't think they would have, like, in that kind of context, but it's the, it's the fact that this is the third movie, and a lot of the, the special effects work was being done, like, right up until the deadline. So, like, the, we don't know when that sky was animated. So we don't know, like, what was responding to what, or... Well, or if that if sky was done by sky, Weta. The sky was. The special effects are done last, so the mini and the mini the miniatures are done right. first. So, like, what I'm saying is, I don't know if the if the miniature was decorated or aged in this way with the intent of making the skyline oh. opposite it dark like that. Well, I guess it just depends on what shots he had storyboarded forever ago. Right. Because this this um, sequence of shots feels like a storyboard he'd been sitting on it for a long time you know it's got a really sketch like maybe not quite it has a feel especially the turnaround when you're looking when you're turn around and you're looking at the door to the palace has like kind of a like a kubrick feel to the framing especially with all the white Mm. well that's his like favorite color right i think so yeah I don't know that I've ever seen a Stanley Kubrick movie. You haven't seen Clockwork Orange. No, God, no. You haven't seen... You haven't, I haven't seen The Shining. 2001 Space Odyssey? Um, oh, uh, like 20 minutes of it? I mm. guess that's the most. That's Kubrick. Yeah, um, I forgot about that one. With the monkeys, it? right? Um, Yeah, right at the end. Uh, no, at the beginning. Yeah, at the beginning. Yeah, this is the beginning. Dun, and, then, dun, and the monolith thing at the end, dun. too. Uh, um, I haven't seen that movie for last time I watched that movie was in a philosophy class just because because the teacher didn't want to teach that day what's the name of that music Um, Thus Pigs Arthur I believe oh yeah 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 you're right Um, it's also the theme of wrestler Ric Flair that's his theme music okay I was just gonna keep it cultured but like (laughs) the Batman one of the Batman guys will appreciate that (laughs) So, <laughs> but yeah, so the, what else, what else did he direct? What else has Stanley Kubrick directed? Eyes Wide Shot, which I haven't seen. But yeah, no, this, this, 
there's something about this probably because it is so like just totally white that feels kind of like a Kubrick shot to me. Yeah. With my why, limited experience with such things. Why didn't Gandalf give Pippin this um this this pep talk before they're standing in front of like twenty guards? Because you can see the little um Yeah, the, the, like the front door guards. Yeah. They're just standing there with their pikes. These guards are not good guards. Uh, you know, Denethor's not a good guy to be in charge of them. That's true. He's just like run for your lives. <laughs> just, just I don't flee. There's a problem in upper management, and just, just it just oh, trickled yeah. down. Yep. Just I feel that I feel that in my bones, my retail employee bones. Just you know, this someone way up there making decisions for everybody, and that's just it's just not tailored to everyone's true experience. It's just yeah, these guards you know, suck. Different different revenue centers have different needs. Are these gods are gods are these guards better or worse than um? I mean, no guards. Troopers. I don't know. But no guards are better than Hama and Gambling. Oh, no. For They're sure. the best. Yeah, of course. That goes without saying. I was going to say, like, do you think that the Gondor guards... Um, on a I mean, scale, at least we know the Gondor guards kill some stuff. Uh, that That is true. That does put them in... Uh, that does give them the edge. I was going to say, on a scale from one to Stormtrooper, like... <laughs> from Stormtrooper to, to, to Mentak. What are the best, like... That's that. That's a good scale, I think, because the they're the like the the assassin guys in Dune. Oh, see, I haven't read Dune yet. Um, I got to do that before that movie comes like, out. What is his name? I haven't. We talked about Dune last week with Gary. Yeah, we um, did. I think it's Mentak. Yeah, I think it's Mentak. It's been a while since I cracked one of those open. I could not tell you. It might be Mentat. The only thing I know about Dune is the worms and the the mod and the spice and good the- night, Dune. The mod mod what's his Madib? Muadib. Yeah. Yeah. That's the main guy, right? Yeah. Um uh Atreides, Paul Atreides. Yeah. See, I don't know. I gotta read those. I should. I should read those. I have them. I haven't read the second or third one. But I got the trilogy for like two bucks, so That's one of my clo- that's one of my oldest friend's favorite books. And she, mm. every time I talk to her, she's super offended that I haven't read it. And oh, I'm yeah. just like, when do I have the time? I have a podcast. <laughs> right? But yeah, so there's there's a lot going on with uh with Gondor here. We get we get shown a lot really quickly yeah. in this uh, two-ish minute montage of seeing the city. And it's our second time we've seen Minas Tirith. That's first, true. First time was was brief. way back in fellowship. Yep. In the year 3434. <laughs> library library book abuse still hurts it's just candles and just throwing stuff clearly gandalf gives no forks none absolutely zero this just is a spork spoons. household <laughs> he's a wizard he's got spell slots for days <laughs> yeah so uh we're from the website duelinggenre.com uh but if you'd like to join the discussion you can head on over to our facebook listener group the fellowship of the mic uh, the crew's pretty active in there. Memes. They post stuff. M- memes. They. No, we really appreciate you guys. Like, yeah. Um, interacting with us. I. I appreciate the occasional deep dive into some oh, of our talking yeah. points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's always fun to read. Uh, we're also fairly active on Twitter. Um, but I check Facebook more. So. Facebook is the best place to. To kind of leave a discussion point, something you'd wanna you'd wanna talk about. Yeah. And you know, 
forever we from now. We appreciate hearing from you guys, regardless of what platform y'all use. And regardless of what tangents we happened upon in our episode. Right. So you can also give us a review on Apple Podcasts if you are a fan of the the tangent. Or uh, in the last few episodes uh, this week, we've been pretty on task. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> There's a couple, couple excursions. I mean, we talked about tattoos on Monday, so like... That's fine. <laughs> That's okay. They they all got tattoos. The, the Fellowship all got matching tattoos. Yes. It's fine. It's okay. relevant. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's relevant. <laughs> uh, and we were talking about like the poem. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. So yeah, go give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Five-star reviews really help us out. Visibility, grow the listener base. Looks good for us. Makes you feel good if you, you know, give us that five-star review. Mm-hmm. It's your good deed for the day. Uh, but we'll be back tomorrow to finish out the week. Hope everyone has a great Thursday. And uh, yeah, we'll be back tomorrow. Bye. Bye.